Welcome to the Powerhouse Youth Podcast, where our mission is to see the lost saved and the saved discipled. We're glad that you're joining us today. We hope this message helps to encourage and equip you to live out your faith. Amen. Awesome. We'll give the Lord a round of applause. Awesome. Well, we are super excited to have you here tonight. Uh, Pastor Cole is in Mexico on a missions trip. I think he's in Mexico. He took off for Mexico, so hopefully he's in Mexico. Um, but anyways, he is down there dedicating a church, witnessing to uh, some people down there. And so be keep him and the whole team in your prayers. Uh, there'll be a team down there for the next couple of weeks. Uh, so make sure to continue to pray for them. Uh, again, reminders, next week, obviously, we're having a normal service. The week after that, March 1st, we are having the movie night meet here, but we will be heading out to the movie, so uh, please join us for that. Um, also, this Sunday night, we are having hangout, um, and we're just going to play some games, have some snacks, and so make sure to be there this Sunday night, and uh, whatever game you play me in, you will lose. So if you want to lose, come on down. Um, awesome. So tonight we've got a lot, uh, a lot going on. We've got some students speaking. We've got Chance, and then we got Lexi, and then we have Zach. So let's make some noise for them really quick. They are going to be bringing the word, and uh, I have to tell you, Lexi and Zach have some good stuff they're going to share today. So um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love you, Chance. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, it's all good. And um, I'm super excited to hear what they have to say. Um, but I do want to celebrate a couple wins for um, the youth group. So, you know, we've been really on this mission of sharing the word of God and, and sharing the faith, sharing the love of God to other people. And, and we've been seeing it all over. But we've also been practicing on how to witness to other people, how to disciple and share the gospel. And some good news, as we were practicing that one-on-one -on -one last week, uh, we actually had a student in the role playing of this witnessing um, realize that she had never heard this and she actually wanted to give her life to Christ. And so just with us practicing it here last week, someone was able to get saved. So make some noise for the Lord. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> Guys, there is a lot of power in the simple gospel, the simple um, stuff that the Bible lays out for us. It is powerful. Um, and I also want to commend you guys and, and, and brag on you a little bit too. This winter retreat this is the first time I remember us coming into a retreat, whether it be a summer beach trip, fall retreat, winter retreat, whatever trips we go on. It's the first time I remember where we entered into the retreat already on fire for God. A lot of times it's we're dead, nothing's going on. We go to the retreat and we get back on fire for God. But I remember coming in thinking, you know, there are so many students who are doing what they're supposed to. They are in a position where they need to be pursuing God, and then we go to the camp and get even more on fire for God. And guys, we have seen the results. People are all over giving testimonies of how they're starting groups at their school, how they're witnessing, they're opening up about their faith. And guys, I think that happens when we are obedient and we're faithful to what God has called us to do. So congratulations to everybody. And um, also, we have a special guest in the house, Pastor John, and uh, wondering, he's our senior pastor. Give him a round of applause. Uh, have anything you want to say to the kids tonight? <laughs> he's always got something good, so we'll give it to him. Give him one more round of applause, everybody. Well, I got to say, I wish I was you. And I'll tell you why. When I was in high school, I didn't know any Christians. We were just, we all went to church, but I didn't know about anybody that really genuinely loved the Lord. And you have a precious gift to be able to have a vital relationship with Christ, to have Christian friends, to be given study Bibles when you're young. Because if you'll stay the course with Jesus, just over the next few years, it'll set the tone for the rest of your life. But I want to say I am super proud of you. You know, a lot of youth groups just just attract people because of pizza one week and whatever, Cokes the next week and sandwiches and just games and fun. And games and fun is great, but the most important thing is our relationship with Jesus. And I just want to tell you that I am proud of you for being in pursuit of Christ. Don't be afraid and don't be ashamed to tell people at school. I had people, when I became a Christian, 
uh, and I went back and, and, and told my friends, uh, a, a number of them said, well, I was a Christian too. But yet none of them ever talked to me about Christ. I didn't see them living any different than I was, you know, when I was living in the world. So I want to encourage you, be a bold witness for Christ and you'll never regret it. My daughter Bethany, my oldest daughter, uh, and she didn't mind me telling her testimony, but she was a virgin when she got married. And most of her friends were sexually active in their high school years. And as they all grew older, they would come back to Bethany and say, we wish we'd have been like you when we were growing up. We wish we'd have been serious about God and the things of the Lord. So don't let the devil pull you off. Don't let people pull you off. You be the leader that calls people to go the right way. I'm proud of you. Thank you, Pastor John. Yeah, so don't learn the hard way. Just do what the Bible says, and your life will be so much easier. So um, anyways, first up tonight, we have Chance speaking. And so come on, boy. So uh, anyways, super proud of this guy. Um, he's, I've seen him grow a lot. I, rem I remember when um, this guy was in seventh and eighth grade. Um, he, I was over that group, and Y'all, I was like, who is this kid? He is so annoying. And um, anyways, I was dating uh, my wife now, and I found out that he uh, was going to be my cousin. So anyways, I was like, no, not him. No, I'm just kidding. No, I love you. I'm super proud of you, man. Bring it. All right. Well, okay, so I do, I do have to explain that I'm more of a flow guy, so y'all are going to have to give me some credit if I start like rambling a little bit, and I'm very nervous too, so just putting that out there, give me some slack. And so I'm going to get straight into it tonight. My first topic that I'm talking about is that we are called to something greater than ourselves. I, uh, I started basing off all the stuff I was saying tonight off of the verse, 2 Timothy, um, shoot, wait one sec guys, wait one sec, wait one more sec, wait 10 seconds, okay. Uh, four, two through five, and it says, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but have itching ears. They will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and water off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, enduring suffering, do the works of an evangelist and fulfill your ministry. It's just obvious that in this time of our life that people are getting more curious, that people are running what their purpose is on earth. There's movements, there's weird things going on in our world that aren't of God. We live in a world that is overrun by sin, overrun with people that find reason to be in sin. And it's our job and it's our calling to go and talk to these people and bring them back to Christ. If we say we are Christian, our main job is to evangelize. Our main job is to go out and find the lost and put them on the right path to be a disciple. As we go into our schools, as we do the things in our everyday life, we have to have the focus that the next step, when I step out of my door, is to further the kingdom of God. It's not what we want. It's not what our plans are throughout the day. It's what does God want for me and how can I help his kingdom be furthered? I know that in my time of like, you know, sadness and my time of just struggle, I really didn't feel like I had a purpose and I really felt like there wasn't much use for me at that moment. I had this overwhelming sense of anxiety and this stress and I let the world and the devil get to me and just, I let him attack me and I let it overrun me. And once I said yes to God and once I said I'm ready for this greater purpose in my life, I was blessed. That immediate change in my life was something I will never forget. I remember sitting in my bed, crying, not knowing what to do, and the first thing I did was open my Bible, and I heard him say, I have you. You are mine. You are going to be okay. And ever since, I felt this passion and this burning to want to go out and tell people about this. I've had this passion that I want to see my friends that have no idea what's going on in their life find that. I literally had a conversation. It was so random the other day. 
and I, and I love God and how he works because the other day my friend literally was talking to me about how his entire life is the gym. And I was literally like, dude, you know what you could make your entire life about? Jesus Christ. It was just, it, it's just funny because like every opportunity that I, I can possibly take, I want to take. And I feel like as Christians and as a youth group here, we have more influence, influence over the kids our age than anybody else. Cole can preach a million messages. He's an amazing preacher. We can play the most amazing songs of the most amazing worship set, but we have a job to do. We can't sit there and let that be the only thing that influences people around us. Man, I just ranted for a while. That's not even in my notes. Like, <laughs> If we say we love God and we love what he wants for us, then we should be willing to do whatever it takes. I remember whenever I spoke to my soccer team, this was my first step into what God wanted me to do with my life. My first step was to talk to the soccer team, and dude, I was like, I was like, dude, this is gonna be awesome. Like, I'm gonna do it, this is amazing. And 30 minutes before I got in there, I went in the locker room, and I bawled my eyes out. And I sat there, and I was like, I don't wanna do this. <laughs> it was really bad. Like, I had to call Lindsay, it was this entire deal. And then I finally did it, and I felt this peace, like this overwhelming peace afterwards. I felt like I did something finally that I could be proud of. And I just didn't want to encourage everybody with my first point that if you are feeling led to do something in the lives around you, please do it. You will never feel more satisfaction than speaking out. You will never feel more satisfaction than doing your job to further his kingdom. And so now I'm going to go to my second point here. My second point is being out of the world means you will be hated by the world. And I knew I had to talk about the bad stuff that came with this. There was no way that I could just be here and encourage y'all and not let y'all know that there's gonna be some stuff you don't like. My main thing I got from this is it takes sacrificing your life in the world to have a life with God. I feel like before I finally felt what God wanted for me, I had found my identity in the things around me and my friends, and the sports I played, and all this. And whenever it started all crashing down upon me, I didn't have a sense of where I was at. I had no sense. I had no hope. I had nothing to have a foundation in. All the foundations I did have broke and fell. And it was the worst feeling in the world. Okay, wait, sorry. In John chapter 17, 14, Jesus prays his final prayer, and wait one sec, I'm so sorry. I'm on Lindsay's phone, so I'm like trying to figure this out. Yeah. Okay, so just a little context. This is Jesus' final prayer before he's taken away, and uh, yeah, that's a lot of context. Okay, so Jesus prays, and he says, these words, and I remember reading, I was, I was in uh, one of my other Bible studies with Malachi and all them, and I was, I felt, I, I thought that was my phone. Okay. So, I really felt led to read John chapter 17, and dude, Jesus is like so amazing, and I love him like so much. Okay, in, in verse 14, it says, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world, any more than I am of the world. My prayer is that you not take them out of the world, but you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them in the truth, and your word is the truth. As you send me into the world, I have sent them into the world. If that doesn't give you, like, it got me so hyped that night, and I'm a crier, and that made me cry a lot. It's like Jesus is saying, because I'm not of the world, people hated me, and that's why he was crucified. We should be having this passion to be anything but the world. We should not confine to our sins. We should not confine to the standards of our generation today. We should be willing to step out. And that means that the world is going to hate us. That means that the things of sin and the things that aren't of God are going to come against us. And I guarantee that reason is, it's because it knows what we can do if we say yes. It knows what we can do if we just be faithful and be obedient and step out for him. 
this is a really touchy subject, and we talked about it the other day, but we say we love our friends, but we walk by them in the hallways and let them live their lives. We let them live in the sin that they've created. We let them make decisions that walk the wrong path. If we love them, we are willing to give them the solution to their life. We are willing to step out and tell them, hey, man, you need to be doing this, or hey, man, can I talk to you about Jesus Christ? We should be willing to do that. We should love other people enough to where we are not okay with the way we're living, the way they are living, but we want to just help them. And so I encourage y'all, whenever y'all are in the hallways or y'all are talking to friends, if y'all have that opportunity, you just speak out like that. Because I know that I've gotten a lot more comfortable once I've started talking to more people about him. And now, like, I've, even people I don't really, like, talk to that I'm not really good friends with, I just have this longing for them to be, to have what God gave me, to have that love and peace that he gives people. And so I'm going to move on to my, my last topic of the night, and it's be faithful and God will use you. Being a Christian doesn't mean you just label yourself a Christian. It doesn't mean that you say you're a Christian. <laughs> it doesn't mean that you say you're a Christian and then the next day you wake up and nothing changed. When you say you're a Christian and you fully love him and you fully sacrifice your life for him, that's an instant change. There should be an automatic change in the way you live once you say you're a Christian. God is willing to use anybody that will say yes. Dude, when I'm telling you that I had no hope in myself, that I had no courage, no self-esteem, that I didn't think I could do anything, in that moment, he said, he he said, say yes, and I will deliver you. And I said yes. I gave him everything. And he ravaged my life. I mean, like, ravaged it. Like, it's insane. Every day I try to find something to say yes for. Every day I look for an opportunity, and I ask God, is this what you want? And if he says it, I say yes. Dude, I've prayed over the most random people I've ever met. It's really random. And I'm, like, not good with new people. And, like, I prayed over this dude that's, like, having a baby. It was really, it was really, like, I, I'm not there in my life yet. I don't, I don't know what to pray. <laughs> but um, praying with my soccer team was the first step. Praying with my friends was the second step. And then there's many steps to come with that. So if you feel a first step on your heart, do that. If you feel something, even if it's your best friend or somebody that's in this church that already like, like if God were to tell me to pray over Jack, like I would so do it. He needs it really badly. <laughs> but all it takes is one yes. We have to be faithful. We have to want him to use us. We are the change right now. Every single day can be a step towards him. We aren't called to be quiet. We are called to proclaim. And uh, I just wanted to encourage y'all with that tonight. Um, I don't know how long I went, but yeah. Anyways. Give it up for Lexi Allen. Hey, guys. Chance, come get your Bible. Okay. Anyways, so I hope y'all are having a good winter break. For y'all that are still in school, I hope school's going good, too. So if you don't know me, I'm Lexi, and today we're talking about taking a step into faith. And I have a story that I want to share with y'all about what is keeping us from stepping in faith. And before I start, I would just like to pray. So bow your heads. God, I just want to thank you for every person in this room. I thank you for all the students and all the youth leaders, God, and I just pray that if there's anyone in here that needs to take that step of faith, that you will give them the tools that they need to do it, God, and to keep doing it and to trust you, God. And with that, I just want to say we love you and we praise you in your name. Amen. So I want to share a story with y'all, and I'm, sh I'm sure most of y'all know it's when Jesus walks on water. It's Matthew chapter 14, and it starts by talking about, it starts with Jesus telling the, the disciples to go into the boat without him. And then Jesus goes on the mountainside, and he prays alone, and he's on that place alone by himself. And he comes back right before dawn, and verses 25 through 26 say, Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. 
When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. And they were literally all terrified. Like, imagine seeing a man walking on water. And then verses 27 through 31 say, But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Then Peter said, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. And I just want to stop right there. Jesus said, take courage, it is I. And one person out of everybody on the boat said something and wanted to do something. And then it says, Peter got down on the boat, walked on water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. And I think this story is a good representation of our own lives because Peter, as soon as he saw the wind, he got scared, took his eyes off Jesus, and began to sink. And I think we could be one of three people in this situation. We can be the people on the boat who had literally no faith. We could be Peter, who had faith, but then got scared when things got hard. Or we can be the person that just continues to take, or continues to keep their faith and trust Jesus and get to their destination. <clears throat> so I think we, we say to ourselves, I can't do this. I can't go on stage because I have anxiety. Or I can't do this in front of my friends because they're just going to judge me. Or I can't get past this sickness because I'm too weak and I'm not strong enough to get through. <clears throat> but it literally says, immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. And he's going to do that with you. Even when you take your eyes off him, he's going to keep his eyes on you. And he's going to pick you up again and again. And he's going to be like, I'm going to give you that boldness when you have anxiety. I'm going to give you that confidence in front of your friends. I'm going to give you the strength to get over this sickness. Because with God, he's going to pick you up again and again and get you to your final destination. It's time to step out of the boat. And it's time to be faithful. Because he's faithful even more not. <clears throat> Don't let your winds and waves keep you from stepping. Because with Jesus, he's going to get you there. And I don't know who in this room feels like they're needing to take that step of faith or who's struggling to stay faithful, but he will pick you up again and again. And I know I'm repeating myself, but he will pick you up. He will give you the tools you need to get to your place that you need to be. <clears throat> so I have a personal story that I want to share that I think relates to this story. So... Um, Around February of 2020, we found out that my mom was pregnant. And she was having a baby girl, and I was really excited because I was like, I'm finally going to have a baby sister because I've grown up with brothers my whole life. And then going on to that year, around the end of summer, between July and August, she was in now the doctor for checkups on the baby. And we found out that my mom had breast cancer. And... We had so many questions because she was pregnant, she had cancer, like, what doctors were going to do, is the baby going to be okay, is she going to be okay? And this, and it was the year of COVID, so it was really hard getting in, in and out of the doctor. But <clears throat> the Lord said to her, this, these are the words that the Lord said to her, I've got you, keep your eyes on me, don't look left or right, if only you could see what's on the other side of the storm, there is joy and beauty on the other side. And so my mom chose to be faithful and to trust him even when this storm was hitting her. And then the Lord later gave her, gave her this verse, and it was, new wine will drip from the mountains, which meant new blessings. So my mom went to these doctors, and they said, you have to do 16 rounds of chemo. And... That's really scary because you know how chemo goes. And, <clears throat> and God sent her this girl. She had just gotten over breast cancer. She had just got, had breast cancer. And she told my mom exactly what doctor to go to. And so my mom went to a different doctor. And he said that he didn't, she didn't have to do any chemo. And if she had done 16 rounds of that chemo, it would have killed her before the actual cancer would have killed her. So thank God that 
she did not do 16 rounds of chemo. And they said that she just needed surgery and it should be okay. And luckily we caught it early because she was pregnant. And so um, September 2nd of 2020, she had a beautiful baby girl, seven pounds, seven ounces. She was beautiful. She was literally the joy in that, in that storm that God brought us. And then Friday, November 13th, she had surgery and went very well. She literally called me Saturday morning because she thought I had school because she was on meds and stuff. But, it, <laughs> yeah, it was funny. I was like, Mom, I'm trying to sleep. But, anyways, it was a three-month recovery, and she was officially cancer-free. It happened so fast. So, even when my mom was in that storm, God told her to be faithful, so she remained faithful. And he will pick you up again and again. He will lead you to the right steps, to the right doctors in that case. And he will get you to your final destination. So that's my story. Now give it up for Zach. Hello, guys. Um, so, so Cole's not here to say this, so I'll say this for him. But if this steps on some of your tootsies, my bad. It just needs to be said because every week Cole says tootsies. So this week, tootsies need to be said. But, yeah. That was funny. Thank you. Worked on the practice in my mirror, actually. But, yeah. But, like, I feel like this is a topic that's important about stepping out of faith because I feel like so many Christians struggle with it. So many Christians think, like, I'm not, like, I don't know if I can do this, but, like, it's very possible for anyone to do this. And so, but bring this to my first point, it's too many Christians are satisfied with having God in their bio, but the devil with the key to their heart. So many Christians are like, yeah, I want to step out in faith, but then they'll go to the parties on Saturday they say, oh, I'm just there. I'm not drinking. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. But you're still putting yourself in the sin. You're still putting yourself around sin to take that sin with you. You're putting an image on yourself that, oh, he likes to party. Oh, he likes to go to parties. Oh, he likes to do this. He likes to do that. But you want to say you're going to step out in faith. You want to say that, oh, I love God. I'm going to step out in faith, but I'm still going to go hang out with my friends that drink. I'm still going to go hang out with the people that aren't towards God. I'm still going to do that. And like, why would you do that whenever... You have a God that loves you. You have a God that will be there with you forever. A God that's going to help you. A God that's going to love you. He's going to save you from your sins. And so it's like whenever you say you want to step out in faith, whenever you say that, do you know his word? Do you dive into his word daily? Are you every day opening your Bible? Are you reading it? Do you know what his words are? And I feel like something that's so simple but so many Christians don't know is like the Ten Commandments. Like, do you know every Ten Commandment? Do you know all ten of them? And let's just go over them. Anyone know the first one? Who knows the first ten commandment? Jack, I know you know it. Yes, first one, or just one. Uh, don't lie. <laughs> no, it's not wrong. I mean, lying or what? You can't bear fault witness to, so you can't lie about the word. Okay, but the first one is, do not have any gods, like, don't have gods before me. It's, that one is really good, because it's like, how are you going to say you want God, but then have someone above him, have a God above him, make a God. The second one is, do not have any idols before me. Like, like that one, like, I'm going to love God, but like, video games, yeah, I'm going to do that because that's my free time and I need something to do. Oh, wait, oh yeah, there's a Bible that you can go read. I'm going to do that instead. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Josh. <laughs> um, <laughs> the third one is, do not use my name in vain. Do not use the Lord's name in vain. Do not say, oh, bang. <laughs> use, use something like, oh, dang it, I should have followed God. That's, now whenever you do something wrong, just be like, Dang it, I should have followed God. That's better. Okay. 
the fourth one is remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Remember that day and keep it holy. Looking at you. You know, you know. (laughs) The fifth one, which a lot of people struggle with this one. I also struggle with this one. is honor your father and mother. Let's be honest. Who's talked back to their mom and dad before? If you're not raising your hand, you're lying. You know you've talked back to your mom and dad. But yeah. Yeah, who hasn't, who hasn't talked back to the mom and dad before? It's human nature. Hey, hey, focus back in, guys. Focus back in. No small talk. No small talk. <laughs> uh, thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not kill. Adultery. Thou shalt not steal. And this one, Jake, thou shalt not bear false witness to. And I feel like this verse right here, so many people get it wrong, is Philippians 4.13. Everyone knows it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah, I feel like so many people take that as, oh, yeah, I say, God got me? Yeah, God got me. No, you have to embrace God. You have to live a life for God. And God, once you say, God, I'm living my life for you, I'm going to embrace you. God's going to be like, okay, you do it my way. I have you in every step of the way. You want to be up here preaching? You do it my way, you can do it. But if you're not doing it my way, then it's not real love. It's not real if you don't do it my way. It's not going to be in my hands if you don't do it my way. And I feel like those are so good. And the last one is you should not covet. <laughs> I just said that wrong. Covet. My bad. But before we go into my next point, this is something that's very, like, like in my heart. This verse is in my heart. It's, and it's not a verse right now, but it's you cannot be selfish and follow God. You cannot say, I want to follow God, but then be like, I'm doing it my way this time, this time, 90% of the time. And then that 10% when I need God, I'll do it his way. And Philippians 2, verse 3, the start of it is, do nothing out of selfish ambition. Do nothing out of your own desires. Do nothing out of what you want, but do it because you love God and you want to do it in God's name. Do it because God is who you want to be with. God is what you want. God is who you want your name to be with. Whenever someone thinks of you, what do you want them to think of? A godly person, someone that lives out for God, someone that follows Christ. That's what I want to be, like, lived out as. I don't know if y'all know, but I want to be lived out as someone who loves God. My second point is God will watch out for you. I feel like so many Christians are like, I don't know, going to school, people are going to make fun of me. People are going to do this, this, and that. Who cares what people say? Like, half the people in your school, you're not going to say anymore. Lindsay, do you see half the people in your school that you see? Yeah, because you're homeschooled. <laughs> But half the people you see after high school, like, you won't even know over half the people. You won't see them ever again, except for, like, reunions and stuff. Like, why not just live for God now so you don't regret it later? Why don't you live for God now so you don't regret it? And you see, like, oh, I could have done so much in my school, but I didn't. So it just sucks. I feel like everyone sees this. God told me to do stuff in my life. God told me to quit football. God told me to get out of relationships with people that were not healthy. And, I mean, I was like, okay, God, but, like, I'm trusting full into you that this is right, what's right for me. This is what's going to happen. I mean, because in football, I was doing stuff for God. Like, last year before school happened, I said, hey, coach, before we go to school every day, because we would have to meet before school, I was like, hey, coach, can we pray before we go to school? And he's like, yeah. So we prayed every day before school last year. We prayed before we went up to the school to get ourselves set in an atmosphere for God. Before I quit this year, I texted one of my coaches and said, hey, coach, in our group, can we pray before, after we end practice? Can we pray before we end with that, before we end with that? Just because I want to be in God's presence every step of the day. I want God to be with me every step of the day. I want God to live through me. I want to live as God would have lived. And I mean, there's so many ways that God has moved. There's so many ways God can move. I mean, one song that I love is called You Saved Me. I'm about to sing a part of it, so get ready. (laughs) Thank you. It's the intro part. It's save me, you save me. I will never leave your love. <laughs> but that 
that part of that song just, it says, you save me, you save me, I will never leave your love. Like, that just shows how good God's love is. That shows how good his love is. His love is so good that, like, you never want to leave it. You never want to leave that love that he brought you in because of how good it is. Like, boy, what else is there to love you like that? <laughs> like, there's nothing better than God's love. There's nothing that will fulfill you more than God's love. Yeah, that parting you do, it can fulfill you while it's happening, but once it stops happening, once you're back at home, you feel empty. You feel like there's nothing holding you there. You feel empty, and you don't know what to do. But I can tell you what you can do is open this word and read it. You will feel loved. You feel the love of God. You feel him moving in your life. You feel him taking a step in your life. Opening those doors, opening those doors will give you his love. Opening those doors will show you something that you didn't see. I'm getting off topic. My third and final point is put on the armor of God and go fight. The armor of God is so cool. Like, I, I love it because of, like, how it's described, how it's described. Like, it has no back because when you're with God, nothing's going to get you. But once you turn your back away from God, you let the enemy have a view shot at you. You let the enemy have a shot to take at you. You let the enemy have that shot. But with the armor of God on, nothing can get through you. Nothing can get through you because everything that hits you, God's protecting you from it. Everything that hits you, God reflects it off of you. He gives you hope. He gives you life. And he gives you strength. And I feel like everyone is like, ooh, church, church, church. But God calls us to step out of church. He calls us to step out of the light. He calls us to step out of the light and go into the darkness. Think, think about a road at night. You have all the light posts. And what would happen if all the light posts were right here, right in the middle? It'd be light, but then once you get further away, once you get further away, it becomes darkness. It becomes darkness because all the light is in one spot. But what they do is they have one right here, they have one right here, and they'll go on so you can see. So the light gets in everywhere. The light doesn't just stay in one spot, but it moves. It goes on for miles and miles and miles and miles and miles. Yeah. 3.14 miles, exactly. That is five. And I feel like something that Christians fall to is like, they'll say, like, I'm not perfect. Like, I'm broken, so how will God use me? You know how many broken people there are in the Bible that God has used? You know how many broken people there are? Okay, let's name some. The Samaritan woman was divorced multiple times. Paul, a Pharisee who persecuted Christians, he became one. He became one and he healed Christians. From killing Christians to discipling to lost. Peter denied Christ three times. And Jesus called that. Jesus said, you're going to deny me three times, but I'm still going to love you. I'm still going to love you, even though you're going to deny me three times. And, Paul, er, and Peter's like, boy, I ain't going to deny. He denied him. David was a murderer. David murdered, and God still used him. Making a difference isn't always going up and talking to someone. Like, you can go up and talk to someone about God, but you know what will also make a difference is praying on someone, going up and praying, not even going up to them, but praying in private, praying for someone in private, because I've seen that done. I've seen many people pray for someone in private, and it come out in public. It come out, and that person is moved. And just loving on someone, giving them a love that they've never felt, giving them the love of God. I mean, if you've ever heard the story of Zacchaeus, he was a wee little man, but he was, he was, he's a, he was little, little. He was, he was probably about five foot in our time. But as he lived, no one really loved him because he would come and steal people's money because he was a tax collector. He would come and he would take the money. So no one really liked him for that because, like, let's be honest. If someone came and stole your money, Andy, would you like it? Exactly. No one likes their money being taken. But when Jesus came in, Jesus looked at Zacchaeus and said, let me stay with you. Let me stay in your house. And everyone was like, why, God? He's such a bad person. God said that. That changed Zacchaeus' life. Zacchaeus went and gave the money back. He was supposed to give, I think it was like one-fourth of the money back, but he went up and giving four times the money he stole. So let's say I stole $100 from you, Chance. And instead of giving you 125 I went and I said, 
Here's 400. That has nothing in it, Chance. Don't worry. No. But as saying this, um, God will move in your life if you give him the door. God will say, if you want God to be like, I'm going to step out in faith, God, and I'm going to do it your way, God will help you. God will teach you through it. God will be there for you. He will protect you. God will live a life through you. God will move through you. He will live through you. So it's not your way anymore. But you have to realize, in stepping out in faith, you can't do it how you always done. You can't do it wherever I go back into the sins that I've been in. I can't do it where I go back and party on the weekends. I can't go back to not reading my Bible every day. I can't go back to that. If you want to move with God and you want God to move with you, you have to change your life. You have to change how you live your life. And with saying that, I'm giving it to Josh Jones. Make some noise. Awesome. Let's give one more round of applause to the speakers tonight. They did good, didn't they? Awesome. Well, um, as the band comes up, um, I want to kind of recap what we talked about today. You know, Chance, uh, one thing that he said that I really liked was that, you know, we have a job to do. A lot of times people use Christianity as a way to get something out of it. And how can God bless me? How can I, my life be more enriched? But we have to realize that our purpose on life is not to be blessed, but we have a job, right? And it's to preach the gospel, okay? And, you know, when Lexi, Lexi was talking, I, I loved how she, she was saying, like, why should we be scared? Do you guys know who's fighting with you? Do you know who that is? Like, do you understand that the opposing forces of God have no power over God? And like we're, we're trying to fight these things and say, hey, we've got these difficulties in life or hey, I'm, I'm a little scared because of whatever. And it's like, God, God's on your side. You know who's behind you. Don't be scared. Why are we being scared? It's our, our fear is based off of nothing. It's based off the lack of knowledge of who God is. If we knew how powerful God is, like, why would we be scared? The Bible says, do not fear man who can destroy your flesh, but fear God who can destroy both your flesh and your soul in hell. Guys, we, there's nothing man can do to us that's more powerful than what God can. And one thing that Zach said that I really want to focus on for the rest of the night is you can't be selfish and follow God. You know, there are two requirements to being saved. First is, you know, believe in your your heart that God raised himself from the dead. But the other one is confessing with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord. What does Lord mean? It means he's your master, which means that you are his what? You're his servant. Guys, when we serve someone and we have to be obedient to what they say, regardless of what we want, we don't, we're not, obedience is only tested when we disagree or when we don't want to do something, we say, you know what? I don't want to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway because I'm, I've chosen to be obedient. Guys, being a Christian, following God does not mix with being selfish. Does that make sense? Us serving God is saying your way, not my way. And guys, we're talking about, you know, equipping ourselves to preach the gospel, but let me preach to you for a second. Okay, I, there's some. There's a basket here of of invite cards or tracks, whatever you want to call them. I encourage you to grab some of these after service. I'll put them right here. On the back of these, it it walks us through how to share the gospel. And I just want to walk this through with you, but let me witness to you for a second. Okay. Because I'm going to have an altar call, and I, I want us to make commitments to Christ. So I'm going to use this on you, but I also want you to use it when you're, you're preaching, and when you're sharing the Word of God. Okay, the first thing on here, it says that we have a problem. All have sinned. And the scripture that pops up is Romans 3.23. They should have it on the screen. It says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're all sinners. Go to the next verse, Romans 6.23. It says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life 
through Christ Jesus our Lord. So what do we have so far? We're all sinners. What is the justified punishment for a sinner? It's death, it's eternity in hell. We all deserve to go to hell. God is the one who sends us to hell, but he sends us to hell because we deserve it, because of our own actions. One sin, one lustful thought deserves eternity in hell. It's severe. That's what we deserve. But the second part of that verse, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. The next scripture, Romans 5, 8 says, but God commends in his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He said, all my children are destined to hell. What do I do? He said, I love you so much that I'm gonna make a way. Instead of you dying, I'm going to die on your behalf. All this is on here, by the way. Go down to the next verse, Acts 3.19. It says, repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the time of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Next verse, Romans 10, 9 through 13. It says that if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For the heart of man, man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that have called upon him. In the last verse, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So we are destined to hell. That's our punishment. God came and gave us a gift, but it says, what do we have to do to get that gift? Those two things. Do you believe in your heart? Do you believe that he's the son of God? Do you believe he raised himself from the dead? I would, I would argue that most of us in here do that. We believe that. But the second part is the key and the thing I wanna focus on right now is are you making him Lord of your life? Are you saying your way, not my way? Your will, not my will. Not what I think I should do, but what you think I should do. Not what I feel comfortable with, but what you have commanded me to do. And that is go into all the world and preach the gospel. So go ahead and I want everybody to bow their heads, close their eyes. And this is gonna be a personal decision. I don't want any of the students looking around, okay? But I'm gonna do a salvation like altar call. And I'm, I'm gonna do a little different because I feel like we've been taught this thing where we say this magic prayer. Once we say this prayer, we're saved. But in reality, what it is, is those two things. We have to believe and then we have to commit and confess and saying, we are proclaiming right now that Jesus is my master. We all want Jesus to be our savior, but we're not making him our Lord. And that's the requirement for him to be our savior. It's there. We just have to submit to him. So I'm gonna ask you to raise your hands if you wanna make a commitment. If you wanna answer this call of salvation, I want you to do that, but I want you to do it under the new definition of this, this new realization of it's not just saying a magic prayer, but it's a commitment saying that, God, I'm gonna put you first in my life. And I'm gonna be obedient and saying what you say, not what I say. Guys, we do not deserve to serve ourselves. God deserves our service. What he did on the cross is more than we'll ever be able to pay back. It is our reasonable service that we offer our lives as a sacrifice to him and say, what your will is, that is what I will do. So if this is your first time accepting Christ as your savior and your Lord, I want you to raise your hand. Or if this is the first time under the new definition or the under the new realization that that being saved is not a prayer, but being saved is a commitment to serving you. So if that's the first time and you want to say, God, I am committing myself. I'm confessing that you are Lord of my life. If that's you today, could you please raise your hand with all your heads, heads bowed? I see you. I see you. I see you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody, keep your, keep your eyes closed, your head bowed. If you, if you did raise your hand after service, if you could just head to the, the back after service, after worship, uh, we want you to put your information down on a clipboard and all of that. But dear God, right now, we just thank you for these people who have answered that call and said, God, I am surrendering my life to you, your will, not mine. Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, I pray that these are lifelong commitments. That Lord, give us the strength to not be weary in 
well-doing. We love you. Everybody, you can uh, open your eyes. Um, and everybody stand up too, if you could. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give one last commission here. Um, for those of you who are Christians and, you know, you feel that conviction, I want to do one more thing. And if this is you, I want you to come to the front. But if you are right now saying, God, I'm going to commit to be obedient to you. And I'm going to commit to saying yes when you tell me to do something. Y'all, just like Chance, man, he didn't want to say yes. He didn't want to go public speaking to his friends and telling them about Christ. But he said, you know what? I don't want to do it, but I'm going to do it anyway. Why? Because you deserve it. Guys, God's blessed Chance's life, but that's not why he did it. He did it because God deserves it. And so if you were saying tonight, God, I'm going to start saying yes to you. I want you to come up to the front. This is saying yes, whatever you're calling me to do, witness to someone, pray over someone in the hallways. You're saying, God, whatever you call me to do, I'm saying yes. Amen. Super proud of you guys. give our lives to you, God. Lord, I pray that you would open our ears to what you have to say. Lord, we would have some quiet time. On our way to school, Lord, we'd turn off the radio. We would turn things off and say, God, speak to me. Lord, we're willing. We're, we're willing to say, have your way in my life. But Lord, help us to hear it. I pray we would not be ashamed to spread your word, Lord, but you would give us the boldness that we need to spread your word. Lord, our lives are yours. Our bodies are living sacrifices to you. We love you. We say all these things in Jesus' name.